You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Oh, well, selling back into the routine. It's like, you know, draft is over. Uh, you know, end game's over. <laughs> Game of Thrones is ending. Thrones and, up, and, yeah. Yeah, and we're going to have like a kind of uh, a very long summer before we have any more real football news and we're going to get some mini camp coming up uh, I think next week right yeah but uh, now it's kind of just figuring out now that the dust dust has settled a little bit figuring out you know how how these pieces fit on the team how the team is looking at this point what's the state of it and potentially what could be uh, the, the, the the training camp battles to come uh, and the, the mini camp uh, you know competitions to, to watch in the coming weeks See, this is why we need to get you playing fantasy football because it makes the no. summer go by so much faster oh, as you're doing no. these drafts and you're studying. We'll get you there one day. We'll, I got, I've got, I got, I got stuff to do. I don't need to go <laughs> waste on time. I don't need something to kill time. I got stuff to do. Yeah, we do have some uh, some stuff to do uh, today. We are going to kick off our positional previews, uh, kind of just a state of the franchise, where we're at at certain positions, maybe some camp battles to watch. Uh, some down-the-roster guys to kind of keep an eye on during training camp and into the preseason. And today we're going to start with the offensive line uh, because there's been a lot of movement at that position over the last uh, year. We've got some some new draft picks we need to talk about, uh, some, some uh, guys coming back from injury. Uh, so I just want to kind of start with a general 10,000-foot view of this offensive line. Do we feel better about this unit heading into 2019 than we did, you know, at the same time last year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do. I mean, I feel better. I would say let's just take away all offseason additions. Even with the group I had last year coming back into this year, I feel better about the offensive line simply by the thought process that you're thinking that Travis Frederick is in line to potentially be coming back, you know, again this year. And and so suddenly now you've got your all-pro center back. I don't know if he's going to be playing at. We don't know what level Travis Frederick's playing at, but I, I feel pretty confident that with his, you know, his most of his skill set being between his ears, uh, that he can get back to a reasonable level of health and, and strength um, as he's been. It sounds like it's been steady improvement. Um, it's, it's not an unrealistic timeline based on what other people have experienced with this the same situation. I think uh, when you talked about Stink and uh, I can't. I can't even remember his real name. Mark Schlereth, right? Uh, yep. When he talked yep. about having it, he said that it was about another year after the diagnosis, a year and a half, when he started feeling back to uh, completely 100% back. And that's about the timeline we're talking about for uh, training camp this year. And he's been lifting weight. So I, I think just by you know benefit of that, and with the idea that we're feeling good about Frederick coming back, I think the offensive line gets better. And then also you add in the fact that Connor Williams has had an off off season in the locker room uh, to to lift weights, get bigger, and, and from all, everything we've seen and picks of them and trips and stuff, it clearly looks like he has availed himself of that time and um, and has gotten a lot bigger. So just with those two guys 
improving their situations, I think that the offensive line will take a step forward. And uh, but then you, you add in like you know some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about um, the the draft pick, the the free agent guys, uh, the undrafted free agent guys, and I think that you uh, you really you've really managed to take a, a situation that you know you didn't necessarily feel like you had to. Um, you know, you had to take a, a, a big step with this this year, but mm-hmm. I think that you, you we we go, we went into the draft and thought, you know, there's there's a lot high likelihood that they could draft a swing tackle or something for the future to kind of plan for Lyle Collins, and instead they kind of went a different direction. They got a guard with the idea of moving probably Connor Williams out to tackle eventually, and, and you know, I think when you look at the way they did it. They got a much higher quality player by drafting the guard in the at ninety Absolutely. than they would have if they had drafted a tackle in the same spot and tried to uh, you know replace him that way. Well, this just think way, of like some of the names we were talking about, right? It was yeah, like Bobby Evans, Tyler Romer, some of those kind of names we were talking about at ninety, and those guys clearly aren't even in the same caliber as McGovern. I like McGovern as a guard much more than I like those guys as tackles. And then when you right. consider the fact that whatever's going to happen with Leo Collins next year, he's probably going to make a ton of money, and, and kudos to him. He deserves it after what he's been through. Good for him. Uh, we'll kick Connor Williams outside. I think that they need to start that process this year. And I, I think I mean, I don't know that they necessarily need to move him this year, uh, but I think that's something that we should discuss is that, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the best way to handle what's going to happen over the next year at right tackle and, and who's going to play left guard this year. It, basically, just the, the question boils down to what to do with Connor Williams this year. And right. um, I don't know about – I don't think we should move him to tackle necessarily like completely, but I think that you should start cross-training and doing that process this year because – uh, I, I think you know one of the things I talked about, and if people want to go back and remember whatever podcast I was on back then or wherever, but I mean back in the day when when this when Lale Collins moved from guard to tackle, one of my big complaints then, and I I think it held up, is that it's a short learning curve. Even when you play tackle in college, hi John, um, uh, I think that you have to. It's a tough it's a tough learning curve. So I think that there should be. Uh, uh, we should try to un, you know, put a little bit less angle on there, you know, and try to give him some time to move instead of just an off season. Start giving him some reps this year. Start making his head fit inside that, you know, that area as well. Make him kind of learn both positions, and then when the the change happens next off season, it's more comfortable. It's not as sudden. It's not as rushed. He he's you know he's he understands the footwork a little bit better than if he's starting from scratch. So. Um, I, I think that there's a benefit to doing that a little bit early for the team because I think you're going to get a smoother transition in 2020. Yeah, a lot of good points. We've got a lot of things we're going to cover, but let's take a quick break, and we will be right back to talk more about the Cowboys' offensive line. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Landon, so let's, before we get, start talking about the players, let's talk about the coaching staff because that's a pretty significant change from last season. Going into 2018, there was, we went from uh, you know having Frank Pollock to Paul Alexander. Uh, some people were excited about the move, and there was others that were a little bit less optimistic. Now it's Mark Colombo, and we saw once the Cowboys made that switch last year, it seemed like the offensive line started to play better. So really quickly, what do you think about – Mark Colombo going forward, and do you think it's going to help benefit this this offensive line long term? Yeah, I mean, I think that they what I think looking back, if they had you know if they had their druthers and they were able to kind of you know change things, I think they would have done this originally. You know, made this change originally if they had felt confident that Mark was ready for the job at the beginning of the season. I think that the concern was that the room even as early as then wanted Colombo for the job but there was concern that he was experienced enough you know what, what you know the, all those things I mean he he hadn't as he hasn't even been a coach this whole time that he's been with the Cowboys since he's retired I mean right. he's he was a scout for a little while and and there's a difference between you know being an assistant offensive line coach and being the guy you know and like I mean you basically are co-designing the run game as an offensive line coach um so i I think that you know there was some concern there but then i I think when paul alexander uh came in was trying to teach new techniques it it was clear that the offensive line um wasn't taking to that and i you know again people want to blame paul alexander and i and i and i get that and i think that that's valid but i also think that the offensive line room themselves put themselves in a tough spot because uh, you know they they were the ones who wanted Frank Pollock originally, and then they didn't want Frank Pollock, uh, and then now they're getting rid of another offensive line coach uh, to get another guy that they want. So I, I think at this point we need to see this work out with this offensive line group. I think it will because I think this is the guy they wanted originally. And I think even if you go back to Frank Pollock, Colombo was the one once he became the assistant offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Columbo was the one who was running the practice, uh, the the training camp practice. At least that I saw when I was at training camp. I don't know what what the the weekly schedule is like, and I don't know yeah. what Pollock's yeah division uh, of labor is for that for that coaching spot. But I think that you know there is familiarity there. Once they went back to Columbo, they also went back to a lot of, of of techniques and obviously more wide zone and stuff that they're they're uh, more familiar with, and, and specifically the te- hand techniques and stuff that they were more familiar with. So uh, I have good. Confidence confidence that uh, that 
this is going to be a, a group that's happy, solid, and, and you know, fully competing with a lot of talent there. Um, but now I think it's really on that room and the guys in that room to perform and uh, to put up uh, and, or shut up because they've been given everything that they want at this point um, and everything they need, and they have a lot of talent. So it's time to kind of take that all on and, and really show out this season. Yeah, we have it on pretty good authority that that offensive line just – they never really embraced Paul Alexander. They always mm. kind of felt like he, he wasn't one of their guys. Yeah. Uh, Columbo was the guy they wanted all along, and eventually I think a few of them kind of pouted and complained to yeah. Jason Garrett. And Go ahead. And I was just going to say, I and mean, that's kind of what I was trying to get at, is that, like, you know, uh, okay, Alexander maybe did some things that he didn't like, blah, 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 but that's on you. That's on the players a little bit too. You know, like you, you don't necessarily get to d- d- dictate – who your coaches are, you need to take to the coaching and, and get with the, the program. And, and look, it didn't work out. The, co- the Cowboys were obviously willing to adjust, but at some point, you know, like we need to stop making excuses for the coaching, and we need to like get going and, and start producing. Uh, right. And I think that that's that's you know, I mean, I'm sure they feel that way too. I mean, they they hold themselves to a high standard, uh, but I just think that that whole thing with with Pollard uh, Pollock was. It was. I, I think people are blaming all Pollock. I think it's a lot. A good portion of that was also on the offensive line, in my opinion. Especially with a couple of those Pro Bowl guys on the offensive line that are. They didn't want to adjust, you know. They don't want to yeah. change. They, they're creatures of habit, but you know, at the same time, you know, give it a shot. There's a reason sure. that your coach is in there. So whatever, we've moved on. Let's now that you've got what you want, there are no excuses for them, as far as all I'm right. concerned. Let's talk about some actual players, and let's talk about the starting offensive line for a second and the way that we believe the season's going to start in week one. Obviously, Tyron Smith at left tackle, most likely uh, Connor Williams at left guard, hopefully Travis Frederick back at center at full strength, Zach Martin at right guard, Lyle Collins at right tackle. Is this still an elite offensive line when everybody's healthy? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think think that... You know, Tyron Smith's demise has been greatly overblown. <laughs> I think Absolutely. 100%. Uh, yes. uh, Looney, I mean, uh, 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 Frederick, if he can come back, you know, at, at a level that was close to what he was before. And, and again, his game is a lot based on what's between his ears. So I feel like maybe there may be some strength issues at some point, but I think those will work their way back. And until then, he still, you know, has good feet, has mm-hmm. the ability to, uh, uh, you know, know what he's doing, knows the angles, knows how to do, has how to. You know, make savvy plays. I think that'll come back to him. I think Martin is, you know, Zach Martin. <laughs> and I'll need to say anything more than that. And Lael Coll- Collins, I think, is in a contract year. He's he's playing for a whole bunch of money. So I think you know we can expect for him. And you know he's been in that spot for a while now. Like there's, we should have every reason to feel good about how he's going to play, and uh, hopefully a level of consistency that is even more than what he we got. Uh, from previous seasons, so I, I think yeah. And then when you talk about that level of people behind him, uh, I don't know that we have. There's a better two deep offensive line depth chart in the NFL. I mean, at this right. point now, I mean, we'll you, get you to that. I want to talk about them in a second. Just yeah, wait but one as second. far as a starting unit, yeah. I mean, I think you know, look, they'll definitely be probably the best run blocking unit in the NFL. And uh, I think with Travis Frederick back in the fold, uh, uh, you know, pass blocking is is gonna take another step back up um, because I think he you know he really helped cl- keep a clean front of the pocket for Dak and I think that's gonna be a big part of uh, of what's gonna come back in, in 2020 
All right, I want to touch on two players. 2019, quick, sorry, sorry, yep, sorry. Two players quickly in the starting lineup. Uh, I want to start with Lyle Collins because there's been a lot of discussion about him over the last, what, week and a half, two weeks since they've drafted Connor McGovern. What's the long-term plan? Why not just move Connor Williams out there now? Um, and the reason I'm hesitant to do that right now is I saw a completely different player after the bye week last year. I thought Lyle Collins from week, I think it's week nine on, was fantastic. I mean, I, I thought he was dramatically better. It seemed like he just started getting more confidence in himself. Uh, and that's even with some players going down around him, with Zach Martin being kind of banged up and, you know, obviously no Travis Frederick. Um, I, I just thought he played really well. So is it reasonable to expect that we still haven't seen Lyle Collins' best football yet? Maybe that's why I'm not so in a rush to just kind of throw him to the side or trade him or whatever. No, I mean, I, listen, absolutely, and and I I'm and let me be clear, like throwing him to the side or whatever. I mean, that's because I think we can't afford him. Like, you know, it's not because I don't right. want him. I'd love I'd love for him to come back because I think yeah, I, I definitely think he's a player ascending. I, I still think that he hasn't played his best football. I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, consistently great. But I, because I think consistency is an issue with him as a player. But I think that um, you know he's he's extremely talented. He has all the tools you want, uh, and I think that he can become more and more consistent. And I definitely think he can play. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think there was a, a step up in play at the end of uh, the season last year, and I think he can definitely play like that. You know, more full time. Uh, he can physically dominate players when he's out there on his game. Uh, I just think if he can. Get and I, I I worried about how much the Paul Alexander back and forth may affected his uh, development. I think we saw but, it early in the season because he was not good the first. Three he wasn't weeks comfortable season. with what they were Paul was yeah. asking him to do at all, and so yeah, I mean I think we'll see him kind of revert back to what we saw. Um, but I, I just you know I, the the reason I'm writing him off is because I, I think he's going to go out and make a whole bunch of money this off season, and the Cowboys mm-hmm. just won't be able to pay that. Uh, let's talk about Connor Williams really quickly. Uh, kind of a up and down season for Connor Williams. I thought he was a lot better once he kind of returned from that knee injury. I uh, had the knee scope, I believe, is what it was. But um, we, we've seen some of the pictures on Twitter and Instagram of him getting stronger. What are your just kind of expectations for Connor Williams in 2019? <sighs> I mean, I expect him to be a, a, a good guard. I, I think at the end of the year, that's what we were getting. Even at his size and with his strength, I think he had kind of figured out how to use it and how to play the position a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I think he, you know, if you go back and watch the Rams game, I mean, he's one of the only shining bright spots, frankly. I mean, because he played really, really well against Aaron Donald. And um, and I, I think that you know, add some strength to him, and that's really kind of where he was – Having issues, uh, and and now you're you're really getting an ascend, again an, another ascending player, a player that's that's you know, skill set is is rising, his athleticism uh, for the position is is rising, and uh, those two things together plus experience is is going to make for a, a nice little breakout year for for Connor. The question then becomes: Are we muting that? Are we, uh, you know? Tampering, tampering that to a, tempering that to a certain degree by of then moving him to right tackle a little bit, 
Um, but I think that you know he's going to get better at guard regardless. He's he knows what he's doing there. I think that's why again that we should it should be a cross training situation. It should be a, a in your free time learning the right tackle footwork uh, stuff and maybe maybe taking a couple preseason games as a right tackle that probably wouldn't hurt you know and so no. Uh, but I think he is uh, he's clearly very entrenched in their plans as a starter. The question is at tackle or at guard, and I think wherever you plug. Man, I think he has great athleticism, and now he's pairing strength and, and uh, like I said, strength and experience there. I think he uh, he's going to be a good player next year. All right, let's talk about the backup offensive line because for years, I mean, I, I'm talking about the entire time that I've been a Cowboys fan, the backup offensive line has been atrocious. I remember watching preseason games where it was hard to even evaluate a running back or a quarterback or receiver because the backup offensive line was so bad that it never gave anybody a chance to be successful. I'm not sure that's the case this year. I think this is one of the deepest offensive lines in the entire league. And I was kind of joking about this before the show, but if you look at the depth chart, that a backup offensive line of Cameron Fleming, Connor McGovern, Joe Looney, Xavier Suofilo, and then one of the undrafted rookie uh, free agents the Cowboys brought in, it's not a terrible offensive line. Like, if that was your starting offensive line going into the season, it's not awful. Um, let's kind of talk about some of these guys. I want to start with Cam Fleming. Uh, the Cowboys signed him to a one-year contract last year. Uh, he played a few games for Dallas, and I actually thought he played okay. Um, just kind of your general thoughts on Cam Fleming entering the season. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been a serviceable backup swing tackle. I think he's, uh, you know, he... he uh, availed himself well when he had to go in and play. He didn't get noticed too much. He even came in as a sixth offensive, uh, sixth offensive line, you know, tackle a tight end at times. He's a great uh, to, swing to, tackle. as an extra blocker. What's it? So he's a great swing tackle because he yeah. has experience on both sides. He knows what he's supposed to do. Now his technique can get a little wonky. Sometimes, oh, his technique is terrible. It's yeah, it's, it's the opposite of coaching tape. Like don't watch the <laughs> right. tape. Uh, but and and don't and but at the same time. Don't watch the technique, even if you're evaluating, and watch the result because he's one of those guys. And you know, there's some guys that are just like this, who have terrible, terrible technique. But if you watch it, he gets it done. He finds a way for it to work with his body, you know. And and, and that can work for people in certain uh, certain positions. Offensive line is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that you you just evaluate is the, what he's doing working for him. And 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 Cameron Fleming. Has done this on with the with the Patriots and the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just time and time again. You watch and you're like, "There's no way that's going to work," and it just kind of does. So yeah. you you accept it and roll with it. Uh, I thought one of the better underrated signings the Cowboys made this offseason was bringing back Cam Fleming, but not only bringing him back, but also bringing him back on a two year deal, basically at you yeah. know what, less than two and a half million a season. I mean, I I, I thought that was a fantastic move because. He's young. We, it's like he, it, it's it's not. It's, you feel like he could probably he could still be getting better too, right? Oh like, yeah, he's only twenty seven years old. The thing that I liked about it the most, it didn't force them to draft a tackle high. They were yeah. put in a position that they could just draft a Connor McGovern because they have Fleming locked up for the next two years. Now maybe we get into twenty twenty, and the Cowboys decide to throw a developmental pick at a tackle there, but having him on the roster going forward as your third tackle, I absolutely love it. Um, let's go ahead and move on to two of the other veterans on this team, uh, Joe Looney and Xavier Suofilo. Uh, Looney has the ability to play both guard and center. Uh, I think his best spot's at center. Uh, some people really like Xavier Suofilo. 
Eh, I'm okay with him. He's, he's, he's whatever. I know some people think he should be the starter at left guard. I think that's asinine. That is but, just crazy. But there, there are people out there that believe that, believe it or not. Um, but let's just kind of talk about these two veterans uh, behind the starters. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I don't uh, I don't get the Xavier Suofilo thing, man. Like, uh, I, you know, like, I do. I, watch, I understand I, why I think, people say that, though, because they, he was a high draft pick. And he yeah. wasn't awful. That's what it was. He wasn't awful last year. Yeah. So I, I wonder, like, I think, it, you know, really it's one of those things is y- you watch you watch him play and it's like, okay, yeah, for a backup guard, yeah, he's not, he's not the worst, especially a backup guard that we picked up off the street. Okay. But this idea that, like, he's been good enough that you want to, like, keep him in there or don't want to put Connor Williams back in when he got healthy, like, that stuff, like, or, uh, you know, or or think that he should, that he'll, pro- like, potentially start over Connor Williams uh, uh, with a year in the training, in, in the locker room, uh, in the weight room, I mean, it's, like, I don't understand it's the crazy. level of excitement over Xavier. People talk about trading him. Like no one's gonna trade for Xavier Suofilo. Like the the like he's not as valuable as Joe Looney. Like Looney's a much more valuable player because of position flex and because he's a better player. Like yeah, but isn't this like, part of it just because of his draft status? They recognize the name. They recognize him being a top fifty pick, and they saw that he played for the Cowboys last year and they won some games with him playing at left guard. Isn't that why people are excited about him? I, I I mean the answer is yes, but I don't understand why you're you're saying that in a way that that should be defensible. No, it's, <laughs> like, not, it's not. Like, it's really not. I agree. Watch watch what he's playing. Like I mean, he was problematic at times consistently, and again, that's that's what you get with the backup guard that you sign oh, off absolutely. the street. But yes. that's who he is. Like which don't, is fine. Don't, I don't. It's, that's, yeah. it's not a bad player. That, that's a fine player to have in your roster. But don't but, but don't bring him up when, when we're talking about potential starters for 2019. Yes, like he's not I, I he's not on that list, especially now that you've got Connor McGovern. Like the the dude's not a, a, on that list. So let's now. But you you mentioned really quickly. You mentioned trading people trading for him. I can see a scenario where a team, man, like oh, but like Oakland. Oakland has Chaz Green penciled in as their left guard right now. Xavier Suafilo is an upgrade there. Could they trade? Uh, a position, maybe they have an extra safety for uh, a, an extra offensive lineman for Dallas, kind of like the, the Traverius Ward trade last year between the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Sure, but you're not going to get anything of real value for for Xavier Suofilo. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I'm not trading for him. Oh. I, I mean, I'll, <laughs> sure. I'll just sign someone off the street. Or, or, or look, there are tons of better offensive linemen in this draft. Right. Like I mean, uh, if, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I think, like I said, he's a he's a s- solid, serviceable backup guard, you know, to to have on the bottom of your roster. But I don't even think he's top three guards on this team. I agree. So not not probably not even top four, honestly. Uh, um, <laughs> we've got about five minutes left in the show. I want to mention a couple other names. I know some, you have one guy you want to talk about. Uh, still on the Cowboys roster, Adam Redman, who played a little bit last year. He was okay. Uh, Jake Campo is the guy they kept on the practice squad. Uh, we talked about Mitch Hyatt from Clemson in one yeah. of our last pro- podcasts, so make sure you guys go check out our thoughts on him. We did a little bit more of an in-depth review on him. Uh, but, Landon, you have a guy that you want us to watch out for in training camp in preseason. Go ahead and tell us who it is. 
Brandon Knight. I mean, he's uh, he's a bully. I mean, this guy is def. Look, I mean, this guy is not gonna be. Uh, I, I or at least I would be surprised. I, I, this is not gonna be a guy that is, um, you know, pushing for a starting spot. I don't know that he's even going to make the roster. I, I think likely he's probably a practice squad guy. Maybe if he has an exceptional training camp, he becomes, uh, you know, the weekly inactive. I think being the weekly inactive offensive lineman would be like an unbelievable job by done by Brandon Knight. But I I really like his game because. Uh, you know he's a bully. I mean, basically at this point, I mean I put it in my notes too. Uh, what I say is that uh, a lot of great stuff to work with, uh, but just like some prospects are quote more athlete than football player, I feel like this guy is more a brute than a football player. Right. Uh, lots of tools to work with here in that he has some things that can't be coached or fixed: n- natural athleticism, demeanor, and lacks some things that can be teached, uh, like fe- flexibility and strength. Um, Wins with violent hands and finish. Uh, you know, basically, I mean, he he wants to deliver a blow more than he wants to sustain a block. It feels like mm-hmm. this. He he he's needs a lot of work. Like, but it's all. But the thing is, is like I said, all the things that he needs work on are fixable. Very like very fixable things. So like he is developable, developable. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 that's a fun word. Uh, he just he needs time because he just like you know he plays very straight legged. He ba- he wins he bends at the waist a lot. Um, you know he's his hands are inaccurate. It's 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 all just a technique mess. So uh, he just needs to really clean all that stuff up and get stronger. Uh, and then I think this guy really could be a. a in the future could be I don't know like a starting guard you think I mean he has traits like that that I think you could develop into that alright so really quickly before we head out uh, if the Cowboys have one spot left on the roster for a developmental tackle slash guard who would you keep between Hyatt Brandon Knight and any of those other guys Campos Redmond one of those I need to see like what Hyatt is because I'm confused by him a little bit I, you know, I think Knight With is that a, resume. Is the, it's really, it's really weird yeah. for him to be his so his tape to be so shoddy. But I would be thrilled, like through the moon, if Brandon Knight was our practice squad guy. Because I, agree. I, that I, makes th- a lot I think of that's sense. what he needs. Especially, I mean, especially at offensive line, you, you can develop there at, at, in, on the practice squad because you'll get snaps that are very similar. No matter what, to what you what you'll end up doing, a year or two in the in the training room, a year of technique work. I you know I think he comes back and suddenly you know he's your 2020 Adam Redmond, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe be, maybe better. And then suddenly y- you're not in need of Looney or whoever because this guy can be that guy. So and, and that's the hope, right? You're you're hoping that one of these guys can turn into your next Looney because that would be yeah. that'd be a home run for. I think Hyatt might be a a step in front of Knight because I think Hyatt really just needs to get stronger, you know? Like, he really just kind of needs a, a weight room work workout and then, like, a technique tune-up before he's ready to, like, compete, I think, for, you know, mixing into the bottom of the roster. Uh, I think Knight is two years away, probably. Yeah. Um- 
<laughs> Mitch Height, they don't really play all that similar, but kind of a similar situation. Uh, Mitch Height kind of reminds me of Sam Young. Remember the uh, the tackle the yeah, Cowboys drafted totally. from Notre Dame? From Notre Dame? Yeah. yeah, he was like, I think it was like the sixth or seventh round. He was kind of tall. And I thought, he ended man, up playing like a long time, like it, seven that, years or something. And, like and that's that. my, exactly my point. Actually, he's still playing right now. Is he really? Um, wow. He really is. He's, he started last year for the Dolphins. Um, wow. Like, it, it would not shock me if Hyatt doesn't make this team because it, 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 the stuff, it, his fit, footwork is just all over the place and technique is a mess. But he goes on to have a long career starting a yeah. whole bunch of games. By the way, Sam Young started 88 games so far in his career. Yeah, kind wow. of. See, it, it's, that's the kind of thing is you, when you see a lot, the tackle is is a lot more of a, a mental position that I think people realize. I mean, you got to be able to have the physical side of it. But I think when you've seen a lot of snaps, like you, it's like Cam Fleming to a certain degree. You can get away with some stuff, and you learn tricks, and you you figure out how to work, you know, what with what you've got. And I think you can, you especially know, get if you're away coming from one of those stuff. big schools like Notre Dame or Clemson. Yeah. You see a yeah. lot of good pass rushers, and if you can hold your own and be a three-time All-American, obviously you're doing something right. Yeah. Um, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.